Yeah, welcome, man. Finally, another podcast. It took a while. <laughs> it took a while because I mean, I mean, okay, it took a, it took us a while to get to this podcast. So I need to ask you, what have you been up to since our last last podcast? A lot. <laughs> a lot has happened. When was the last podcast? It was August, a good few months August, ago. August, I think. Uh, came down with COVID. Uh, been started boxing. Uh, busy with work. That's yeah, a, lo- a lot of things. My kids are growing up every day. Uh, I feel like it's growing growing up way too fast. Tell uh, me about it. I finally got my wedding video. <laughs> too soon. Video that took so long. I must say, wow. I say you've been busy. No, I've been quite busy. Yeah, um, yes. a lot of things have happened. Uh, lot better, definitely since since we last spoke. Uh, business got a bit better as well, so so less tensions in the house for sure. Um, definitely, entrepreneurship uh, is on the rise. So I think. That's good news. Uh, people are definitely doing things. They are choosing to do business like this. Before, it's very hard because a lot of people would have day jobs and they're very strict about their time. So they tend to not even, they're like, it's almost like if they try to do a side hustle, they might get trouble because businesses don't like it when you do that. So it jeopardizes their job. So understandable. So it's understandable um, where they're coming from. So yeah, it's not for the faint hearted, I can tell you. Doing entrepreneurship, five years, three kids. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but wife and I are both like that. So yeah, it, it's, it's one of those rewarding things because I have experience that I got in the last three years trumps what I've been learning the last 20 years. Yes. Okay. Completely destroys it. Like the, the last three years was something else. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I guess In fact, I think be leadership the, the, being, becoming be like, level of- there's got to be a level of stubborn persistence that you've got to have to kind of stay with the entrepreneurship. And especially if you've got your own startup and business ideas going. Yeah. There's yeah. A certain, I mean, obviously, there's a certain passion that evolves into starting up your own business, but that stubborn persistence to keep going when shit goes, uh, when shit is not easy, you know. And I think you talk to any entrepreneur, they, every single person says, yep, it's not always smooth sailing. The eye is ups and downs. So having that stubborn persistence, just make sure that you cross over that threshold and, you know, make it through to the highs. That's it. That's it. And I hope that it's like that with your work as well, because apparently your job is yeah. getting more scarce. <laughs> uh, that means you, you, you should be more in demand now. Yeah. Talk to my bosses. <laughs> that like, need to come to and say, Deepu, please don't leave us. Even if you're not thinking about it, please don't. Here, here's something else. I'll give you my car. Take it. You know, they should be like that right now. But uh, I mean, there is a lot of AI coming in to uh, clean up a lot of that admin. So I think from a from a developer or technical skills point of point of view, uh, I think there's more demand what is scarce is specialized skills. Your generic general stuff can be, is getting a lot more automated. Uh, It's even a non-technical person can do those kind of soft skills. Like setting up a website used to be a developer role, but it's not anymore. Like now you've got a lot of CMS sites that can do that for you. Wix, WordPress, click and drag. So, now there's a lot more demand for specialized skills, and I think that's still it's going to be there for a long time. 
for as long as the internet is, is there, <laughs> that those kind of skills will be needed. And it needs to be nurtured and grown. Mm, definitely. definitely. I think, uh, uh, for one thing, even though more people uh, worry about the jobs and stuff, the positive side is that the South Africans are actually the biggest side hustlers out there um, compared to most people that you meet around the world. As in, on, on one hand, yes, the co- corporations don't like it, but on the other hand, um, I do meet people who are always being entrepreneurial, always finding different opportunities. I think growing up, for, for example, I don't think I ever done one thing properly. Like I didn't do one thing only. I was like always doing three different things and three different mm-hmm. things were making income somewhere. Always. That was my thing. Yeah. Multi-threaded income. Multi-threaded incomes. Um, <laughs> you know, so, nice. because yeah, it, for me, that was my best stuff uh, that happened on the side. The experiences, I got to understand sales. I've learned mm-hmm. about um, business. I started learning about finances. I started learning about growth hacking and how to not just build products, but how, how to build something that another human wants that needs it, but he's not like you, but something you can do for them, not just, you know, you get very siloed when you're an engineer, but when you start talking to people of how they're doing it, you know what kind of questions to start asking. You go from, here's a product, do you like it? To, hey, tell me about what kind of problems do you have with this and how do you solve it? And how much do you spend trying to solve it? That's the most important thing. How much money do you spend in trying to solve a problem you have? And if you say, oh, Safety and security is the issue. I spend thousands of rents every month because I'm worried about safety, I'm worried about uh, things around the house. You know, we're worried about crime and everything. So thousands of rents a month go. And then you might say, you are spending thousands of rents a month for safety and security. So what makes you fear the most about that? You know, why do you take it so seriously? Are you living in a bad area? Or is it perhaps uh, a different problem? You know, maybe you have experienced it yourself in multiple occasions and now you can't take chances, right? Yeah. And using that, you're making a conversation. Nowhere did I ever talk about a product. Nowhere I ever talk about, oh, you know what you should do? Get three more dogs, you know? No, that's, that's. What if he's in a part, you haven't even got to the part that he lives in an apartment and he can't have dogs. See, so what you have, so, yeah. so don't talk about solutions. Talk about the problem and just keep chatting. Eventually, you'll get to a point where I'll say he lives in an apartment in, in, in Pilbara. And I'm saying, dude, there's your problem. Well, but that's the thing. Like, entrepreneurship is all about solving problems that occur every day en masse. That, I mean, it's, it's not an isolated problem. It's not an isolated solution. It requires multiple solutions. Multiple, and there's a lot, lot of these problems that exist. Hence, there's the market. So let's, let's try and... Uh, find a smart solution to it. And as we grow, as we evolve, there's new products, there's new thinkings, there's new uh, challenges, and that itself brings in a new wave of entrepreneurship. So it's got to be like an evolving um, situation because I think if you if you come in with a fixed mindset of this is what my business is going to be like for the next 20 years, then you're doomed for failure. You've got to evolve. What and, and, and I think as society, we're evolving faster than the last 10 years, for example, you know, the next five years will evolve a lot faster than, than it has been uh, in the last 10 years. So it's, uh, it's keeping up with that. 
And whether you uh, like the lessons or not, life will teach you very quickly uh, lessons that you don't want. So you might say, I want to learn finances. I don't want to learn money. And boom, okay, I need to learn money. Something happens and you go start learning it because then you realize, okay, that's a very important thing. Financial literacy, learn it properly, learn how to save money, then invest money, learn how to build businesses. Don't just jump in there not knowing how to do work with money, not knowing how to negotiate with people, not knowing how to work with other people, how to hire people, know how to fire people. Things go wrong. Yeah. Know how to let yeah. go. Yeah. You know? Leadership. Yeah. yeah. That's oh my goodness. The last three to four years, I think I think more than just losing my hair, right? Has <laughs> been more than this. I think what, what grew in here pushed everything out. Okay. Yes. It exploded yeah. from your head. I mean, and, I, and all the hair from your head just fell down to your face. To your fell beard. down to my face, and I'm over my hair, and I was now here. So it's it's, it's weird. I weird. I, I use shampoo when I bath, when yes. I when I'm in the shower, but I use more hair yes. than here for your beard than your head. <laughs> exactly. Right. And those are life lessons that you get from business if you are not prepared to learn it. Yes. True. Yes. True that. But all I can say is that it it pushed me into a new zone. No, I don't know what to call it. Before it was trepidations and, and panic to uh, just const- constant anxiety for like a whole year, right? And then it got to life lessons learned. Now I changed it here, including my mindset and what kind of business we do. And the fact that we are prepared to change and negotiate with people that we weren't prepared to before, right? And all of a sudden you reach this awareness state. I'm in that state now. It's like, I'm in that zone where, okay, now that I've cleared the fog, now I see the mountains. Now I can see the path, and now I'm like, okay, it's just a matter of time. I just need to walk the path. 100%. Yeah. Mm. And create your own journey there. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Nice, man. But uh, you were talking about Dune before, before you started. Yeah. How was it? Yes, I, I recently watched the Dune movie, Frank Herbert's book. There were a few TV series before. People try all kinds of things. And then I watched, I think it was Dennis Villeneuve. Yes, that's the guy. I mean, I was actually speaking to another guy uh, who was telling me he how he enjoyed Dune. He, he couldn't remember the director's name. right? So he goes, hey, I watched Dune by that, uh, uh, by that what's the Dennis uh, Willy Wonka guy? You know him, you know? <laughs> like, Dennis Willy Wonka. Oh, Dennis Villeneuve, man. Dennis Villeneuve. Yes, yes. That's Blade Runner. Come on. All right. So it's amazing. And then... <laughs> Then I went to see it and I was like, you know what? Visually, visually stunning. Yes. IMAX 3D glasses, they actually used it properly. They actually did oh, photography. Because, yes. And Dennis Villeneuve oh, actually nice. does photography, like the way he applies visual photography, almost similar to the way I do my photography. Nice. Like the way I okay. take pictures of when two people are talking, one guy's out of focus, another guy's in focus. Yes. Um, yes. He did that. I was like, you know what? This is this guy's directing the way I do photos. I actually saw an extension of myself watching Dune because I saw a science wow. fiction and I saw a visual wow. story of how I would how, how I would have directed a movie if I could choose right. to do it in that style. And he went deep into the design of the ships and, and everyone's clothing, all of them's uniforms. Uh, House Atreides, uh, House Harkonnen, and all of this, uh, what's it, the Imperial forces, how they looked. So right. meticulously done. I love it. Him and uh, Guglielmo del Toro, who did uh, Hellboy. Yes. Remember? 
uh, yes, that yes, guy, yes, yes. those guys, those two guys actually reflect the way I would apply my visual you know, storytelling. So if you you're know? saying that if I got married again now, our wedding video would be similar to Dune. It would look like Dune, the Dennis Villeneuve. Maybe not the special effects. I, I wouldn't have the budget to give you spaceships. Okay. <laughs> right? Fair enough. But, yeah. but the camera work uh, of, of you guys so, talking to one another and having, I would definitely have three cameras. Like if I had to do your wedding video, I would have three cameras. You would have one camera just on you. Another camera yes. just on Dalmita. Right? Your wife. Yes. Right? And they will just follow you from end to end uh, from... Uh, when you're getting prepared, all those, all those, all yes. those pre-shots and in the wedding and yes. also post-shots, whatever it is. And yes. I would do the same in Dharmita. And then one camera where I'm directing, uh, all three, would be the storytelling camera, which is the white shots, the both shots. Yeah. And then you cut between the two, the dance video. Setting the scene. I would have given you a dance video. You would have actually, that's how I've done it, you know. That's, that's uh, the experience that I've gotten from all of that. Yes. And, and but how do you rate you? How do you rate it? Though? Movie, you know what? I'm going to give it a good, just from visual storytelling and the fact that it's a good source and the vision was actually applied. So I would give it like a nine out of ten as a That's, good okay. sci-fi movie. Um, Have you read watch the book, it? Though? I'm reading it now. Uh, I want to read it properly because I actually want to envision yes. what I think Dune should look like. Um, very often when I watch sci-fi, I'm always watching what the director expects. But this time, I'm going the other way. Uh, where I like when I'm drawing Caldopia, I'm thinking of the story of my yes. own, how it would visually look, <clears throat> and write the story like that. Okay. Mm. Nice. But nice. Yeah, okay, uh, go check out Dune. So, but you, um, so you watched it in IMAX 3D. IMAX 3D. Oh, nice. And what for me, the only reason to go to cinema. Uh, of that yeah. magnitude is if someone makes Dune or if there's a Star Wars or if there was uh, the next uh, big film that's coming out uh, maybe a next Marvel extravaganza but it has to be like a super duper you know story yes. I would go to IMAX uh, for those kind of movies so do you think okay we had this discussion before where yeah. we we envisioned the end of cinema uh, or mm. the end of cinema theatres public yes. cinema uh, theatres mm. Now that you've, I mean, experienced this kind of a movie, do you think there'd be a death in more standard movie theaters and maybe more of an increase in mm. your specialist IMAX type experiences, movie experiences? Because I think that's what people are now willing to rather pay for mm. as opposed to, fuck it, I can watch it at home. That's the yeah. same as the standard movie experience. That's the revolution we spoke about uh, where the cinema industry will remain. It's just like the way people collect vinyls. So the specialized industry will, will be there. So be, you can have a real visual extravaganza because IMAX technology could keep going, keep, keep going. And the next movies, yeah. uh, the next Avengers movies or whatever, um, will have a visual extravaganza that you can only get with that kind of uh, cameras, right? And that kind of screens. Mm. So you would go and you'd be willing to go and see it, especially if it's a movie like Dune. Because when I saw it, I saw it being applied. But then, while I was sitting there with the three glasses, with my glasses on top of my glasses, because that's how I have to watch it. Right? <laughs> glass you know, so I was like, glass section. I was like, wow, this is 4D, man. I, I'm watching in 4D, you know, uh, because I got natural refraction happening with my own glasses. So it's like, <laughs> so I was getting a weird visual thing happening with the, with, <laughs> with, with, with the IMAX glasses on top, right? And then I looked at that and said, you know what? 
if you can uh, simulate this in virtual reality, if you put this on, your eyes, I don't think, will know the difference. Your brain will not know the difference. When you simulate a large screen inside a virtual reality, or whether you watch it physically, I actually think it won't make a difference. No, it won't. The, techno- the technology will get to a point. We'll get, so, we'll get so good that the next IMAX experience is buying an IMAX glasses yourself and just watching it at home. You buy it an IMAX glasses. It will be in the metaverse. Okay, good segue. But I mean, yeah. that is, that, isn't that the whole envisionment behind metaverse? Behind what Facebook and other... I was reading about this. The metaverse is not necessarily virtual reality. That's just one aspect. No, of no, no. Yeah. Correct. So Correct. The, the guy was saying the metaverse is actually about the human life becoming more digital. It means yes. that you will have a second persona that you're online. Uh, you're a different person when you're on a webcam, a different person when you run a blog, different person who's uh, playing games. You can actually be a different person. And that person will have a different license, a different ID. Well, so I think that already exists, right? It's just that it's, they're now in the metaverse, it'll be encapsulated or uh, embodied by a, an avatar, uh, by some sort of avatar that you, you can create. So that particular avatar that belongs yes, to you yes, can't yes. just be willy-nilly changed because it is defined uh, as you, because that's who you become yes. in, the, in the metaverse. But more importantly, that what the Twitter thing was saying, it was, uh, I can't remember the tweet, um, it's actually where your income, money, business will exist in the digital world, and the real world is where you consume and spend it. Yeah. Well, okay. Let, let's let's dive into this metaverse. What what do you think of uh, number one Facebook's announcement um, about this? Uh, well, number one, their change from Facebook to mm. to Meta, and then also this announcement of what is the metaverse and, and what's going to, what's the tangible things that's going to come out of that? Why should people be interested in it? Well, there's a huge push. Uh, okay, metaverse is beginning, uh, starting to show because of our previous revolution, which is decentralization, which is decentralized ID, decentralized government, decentralized money, right? Where everything is tokenized. So what you don't realize, I'm sure you know, is that this metaverse is just the name for Web 3.0. We're going into Web 3.0, where we're going from centralized tokenization, centralized systems, centralized banking, to decentralized systems, decentralized Mm -hmm. banking, decentralized internet, where you are your own currency on the internet. So I have Vijay currency and you have Deepu currency, and we can both trade as our own currency with our own exchange rates, with our own value system between you and I. For sure, for sure. I I think there will be multiple facets to it. I mean, as much as there will be that uh, the the financial aspect of of trading, I think the biggest driver will be entertainment and possibly education. well, I mean, there's a lot of things that can change. I mean, it's still the the, the building blocks are being laid for it. Uh, I mean, but think of, think of, uh, I mean, your kids play Roblox, right? That is essentially a metaverse on its own. Uh, there's, there's there's characters that that interact with each other. The building building worlds and uh, interacting, and even 
what is the the other one that the other game um, Fortnite is also a metaverse on its own. Uh, these large scale worlds where avatars interact and there's uh, when finances are being you know, exchanged. Uh, I think Facebook's uh, announcement of of changing to Meta is it's meh. I, I, I don't. I, I think there's a lot of <laughs> uh, interesting topics around why they are changing their name. I think it's maybe similar to to Google announcing that they are part of uh, Alphabet. Um, I think Facebook will still be Facebook, but the parent company will is they want to expand into more of the, the VR and AR uh, realm that they've they've invested a lot in that. So what I don't like about Facebook is the walled gardens that it creates. Uh, there's a lot of uh, segregation that happens within uh, within Facebook, and uh, I mean that's how a lot of fake news is spread. So they are not they don't seem to be that eager to 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 cut down on that kind of. Um, trigger points, but rather monetize it and make money for themselves. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they translate this coming into creating that meta metaverse. One thing I do comment Facebook about is them opening it up to everyone and saying that let it be a standard that everyone interacts with. So whether it's Microsoft, Google, all these other tech giants or even startups can come in and, and they have this common meta interface which makes it a more sustainable thing. I think that will be something that makes it worthwhile and will not just be a pipe dream and, and fall away. I think I know what he's actually doing um, because he didn't have to change the name and the way he did it. I felt like what he's trying to do is he wants to change the culture of Facebook because he knows how toxic it has become and what it's creating elsewhere. He acknowledges and understands that Facebook is no longer a friend of humanity. It's now more issues than it's more bad. It's more con than pros now, as a, as a platform in terms of spreading hate and all the other issues. So he wants to change the culture by rebranding and renaming it as Meta. So he he wants to almost reset and start again uh, and create Facebook like the maybe the way he wants it. Uh, that's a little bit more open-minded, uh, driven by society more democratic more decentralized because maybe he wants a decentralized facebook and that's what he's doing and he wants everyone to own facebook in that process and because because you are representing yourself in an avatar you there's more ownership yeah. in terms of who's who's providing information on this new metaverse okay i like it it's a good interesting take maybe Maybe. I, I still don't trust the guy 100%. <laughs> I still don't trust the guy. I don't know. There's something weird about him. But I, I, I like that, that viewpoint. Uh, hopefully that is, that is what it is. Hmm. At the end of the day, it still comes down to the users, right? Um, as much as there's a vision that, uh, that a tech company or a founder can have, it, it's the people that drive uh, the product hmm. in some way or another, right? Okay, where where do you see um, where do you see it changing your uh, something in your life? But, but the metaverse. Yes. When the Squid Game is available in the metaverse, <laughs> when you can play games like that 
wow. because I could see how popular the show is and how even the kids who are not supposed to watch it wanted to watch it. My child, who is four and five, knows about Squid Game because of all the chatter that all the kids are having in school. Yeah. They were playing Squid Game at school and the teachers had to stop because they were reenacting the, the deaths and the killing. Yeah, like really? they go, oh, wow. pew, pew, and they fall floor. Pew, and they fall, you know. They were actually reenacting it like this TV show. These are kids who are four or five. They had to ban it in some schools. That is the oh, cultural sorry. influence of okay. Squid Game. But the positive take is it shows the kind of game people like to play. And I thought, this is the kind of game, a computer game that you should make. And when the metaverse comes along, that computer game can be this real place, a squid game place where you can walk mm. in and take part in this weird game um, where you can choose and then go play with your people and your friends. Without the Of course. Yet. I mean, you know. Otherwise, metaverse yeah. wouldn't work too uh, well. I think that's a crucial point. <laughs> no. Then there'll be two real. Then, then okay. Then you know there'll be the too many issues. So, but like if you could experience it in that reality where you're walking and running through all of these things, where you're playing with random people on the internet together, trying to solve like a tug of war uh, that game that you saw in the, in the TV show, mm. that could be an actual game where you have to do physical strength is actually used. Your physical strength can be assessed because of some interface that you have. Uh, that will add up to the strength of the team. Yeah, do it in okay. virtual reality. And so. the interface, I mean, that uh, is what I'm talking about, that innovation where you're able to interact with physical strength, physical running, uh, where um, the way you actually do things in real life need to be applied in the game. Like you, you have to physically run to get mm -hmm. somewhere. If you walk, you will go slower. If you jump, you will jump. That kind of um, experience. But Squid Game on its own, I mean, that's an interesting, uh, well, it's an interesting show, mm. number one, and it's an interesting yeah. concept because, I mean, I work for a, a sports betting company, but, and that's looking at, I mean, betting and gambling, I guess, to an extent, uh, mm. two different things, but have existed for, a, for as long as I think humanity mm. has been around. And this Squid Game takes it to a different level where it's not where it takes betting or gambling on people's behavior, yes. essentially yeah. as an yeah. as an outcome. Uh, and when, what? But it's also human behavior against. It's going against human nature to to want to kill. I think I don't think it's it's an innate uh, human desire to want to, to hurt anyone, uh, at least That's naturally. Right. But don't forget Stockholm Syndrome. But when... Stockholm Syndrome. Forget. Stockholm Syndrome can be applied in the game. Sorry. That will get yes. you to do whatever you need to do, yes. depending on how to psychologically yes. break you down. Everyone can do it. That's, it's not about our innate nature of being bad. It's just that our behavior can go towards that if we allow negative yes. thoughts to come into our system. So obviously, if you're experiencing that, and if you're not aware, you will go down that path. You might not even realize it. But when put it against money, though, and how that dynamic then changes. That's what people do every day. Life is actually a squid game in itself. The fact that we, fact that we have vitality points from discovery is a squid game. Exactly. exactly. Their behavior, yes. they're telling yes. you, if 100%. you behave, we'll give you points. Yes. 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 And you're, you're racing against... Uh, oh, okay. I guess maybe vitality is 
but in a, on the extreme side, that at least it drives uh, good behavior, like you know, mm. good driving, healthy living. But similar, one hundred percent. You, it's it's the capitalistic nature of the world that's driving us to this rat race against each other for this potential big pot prize mm. that we can retire and live happily for yes. the rest of our lives. It's 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 a it's a beautiful concept, beautiful, uh, beautifully written TV show. Series. I think I think it, it asks the question. We become so desperate that even when you had the choice to leave the game, you still chose to go back in the game because the real world was still worse. Yes, imagine that yes. you would rather at least suffer and make money than being the real world where you suffer and have no money. Those are my two choices. Yeah, right. A lot of people go through yeah. that. That's why it's so popular because a lot of people are thinking and asking the question. What is the meaning of life? Why do we have this rat race? Why did yes. we build our human experience based on this KPI? Who was the product manager mm. for human society? One hundred percent. When there's all this beautiful stuff and has no value, it's not giving us anything. You know, so that's what I'm saying. There has to be a balance where money is important because it it is the vehicle that we need to achieve our goals, but for some reason. We made money the goal. That's where we went wrong. Money is not the goal. It's our vehicle for human goals. You know, uh, food, fun, education, you know, life, relationships, love, all that stuff that we desire so much is being deprived right now because we have to do so much on this side, on this other side, that is uh, an addiction that is not being fulfilled. So we keep keep going after it. It's the worst yes. addiction. Not not drugs. Not heroin. This this is our worst heroin because yes. it has the highest addiction of all. True. That's very true. But I uh, I mean I liked at the end where spoiler alert though uh, for those who haven't mm-hmm. watched it is where the old wait, man wait, wait. spoiler uh, alert talks to spoiler uh, alert. But if they don't know, a lot of people die. Okay, carry on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's got nothing to do with good, but where the old man was in the bed and the protagonist comes through, and obviously upset that he was the, the creator of, of this game, and there was an experiment to where he asked him. There's this homeless man sitting outside the building, and whether humanity is good enough for uh, someone to come and help him, and. And it just proved that yes, it, you know, someone did come through and and, mm. and help him out. That that uh, homeless person. Uh, it shows that, back to my earlier point, that humanity is innately good, um, even under stressful conditions. You know, but I guess when pushed, uh, there's certain frameworks and there's certain uh, structures in society, in modern society at least, that that drive that capitalistic greed too too much, too far. Where people get uh, lose that lose kind of get blinded by that that innate desire to to want to help each other, because all we need to do is just stop and look around and not be in a pressure situation, and we'll be a more collaborative society uh, very quickly. Mm. Definitely. Now, what is your yeah. takeaway, though? Yeah. What is uh, your like you would say that. Uh, from watching it, what would be your main theme or message that really stood out for you? That 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 was the main message for me. It's that 
as much as the so this squid game was it's 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 an architect it's, it's an archetype of the system that currently runs the world in terms of the the capitalistic nature the uh, the structures that are there go to school go get a work or get a job uh, taxes uh, you know there's debt uh, how to pay off the debt and people living off that that's essentially squid game and the the prize money is you know either winning the lotto or hitting it lucky whether it's with business or something else where you finally uh, break free from uh, all that financial debt and you can do what you want that's the that's what the squid game game is about but how it ends off is what i is what i strongly believe is that hum- humanity has such a strong desire to to help and collaborate with each other that that will still win in some way so yes it was a very small act at the end but i still think no matter the overall uh, direction of of sometimes where humanity can be going, we still have this desire to want to help each other, want to be good, uh, regardless of whether we know them or not. Um, we are still connected in some way, more than we think that we are. Uh, that sometimes we just need to just stop and, and, and realize what we're doing. That most of the mm. suffering yeah. at end. Um, that, that's my takeaway. I think we need to choose to make the change. I think we are waiting for something. On, on one hand, the technical people or the people who tend yes. to be uh, very logical oriented um, feel too pessimistic to help because they're seeing the numbers and think people can't be helped on one hand. And on the other hand, people yes. who are religious and spiritual and have a sort of connection believe that a divine intervention is still coming. Uh, an ex- somehow an external force mm-hmm. will save us, you know. And we need to realize that answer, correct answer, is somewhere in between. As in we are pessimistic, as in we know we are going towards a bad place. But that's okay, because we understand that our current actions is going to take us towards a direction if we don't fix it. But now we know. Now we can work together and say, what direction do we want to go? Who do we want to become? Mm-hmm. Human species? I mean, do we want to become spacefaring species someday? Someday where we can, you know, travel the universe in our own, own, own spaceships and discover spice for ourselves, yeah. you know? Um, or, or, or I, I mean, I, it's, it's pretty simple, right? I mean, I don't know if people like that future. Yeah. Maybe am I the only guy say, uh, thinking that? Because no. I, I, I wonder what direction I, people I want. Even South Africans. Um, I speak to them. That, they talk no, so I, badly I of South Africa as well. But I say, but you live here. Why do you want it to fail? I mean, I, I understand it's it's going in some horrible places, you know, I understand. Uh, corruption and government, and not to mention who knows what might happen. When we saw the looting, it actually sent out distress signal that it could be possible it could happen again. It could get worse if people don't solve yes. the poverty problem, right? Um, on, the, on, the, on the other hand, people who who are speaking about it are just talking like, no, nothing. I'm sure they can be solved. Surely there is something. Otherwise, South Africa is in its own squid game at the moment. <laughs> That's a, that is the statement of this of this episode. Yeah, you're 100 percent there. I mean, each a lot of countries in their own in their own squid game. Uh, it's not just SA. But yeah, it's mm. 
but to be positive. And besides, even if you want to go overseas and expand, and if you feel that you know what safety is an issue, um, you know I want to take my kids uh, to a safer place. Even if you are in that mindset, you still have to do something positive here to go there. I mean, if 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 you want countries in the US or UK to take you because you've got a business idea or a job, you've got to be good here. You've got to be good here. I mean, if you were like just cynical yes. and I hate this place, I don't know if they'll they'll hire you anyway. So it's imperative that you do something positive and take it there. I mean, surely. So being positive is a good it's a good idea. Saying that it's all hell and nothing, no one's going to take you. I think you just stay there, right there, man. Stay right there. You know. <laughs> and and it no, hundred percent. And we just passed the when is it elections, local elections on on Monday. So for those people who complained, it's pointless complaining if you're not voting also. So voting is a form of that change. And the other part is the action that you can uh, do around you, your society, your family. Uh, you change that mindset, you become a better progressive society in, eventually. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a, exactly how society is. But, and again, you have to choose it. I, I, I think one thing I noticed later in my life, especially the last three years, of all of that business and all of that stuff happening with, with family, making sure managing family and business and expectations is realizing, you know, we don't know how to have fun, number one. We don't know how to enjoy the things we have. We have such good sunshine here while we're working, by the way. Great weather. At the same time, even if a better life can, if you're not enjoying it from the journey from here, I think you're never going to like any life as it comes because you're always thinking ahead. So you're always thinking of the future and therefore you yes. never enjoyed the present. You're not enjoying yes. the moment, yes, the, the present. And and you can you, you can make beauty out of out of anything, any situation. Um, there was a great social experiment in how people with different mindsets in the same physical space uh, envisioned or had different um, a different feeling about that that situation and you you look at you look at one uh, one person who would be like having a very negative viewpoint would be like no this place is shit whereas the other person saw the beauty in in, in that moment so again it comes down to your mindset your perception it's not something that can be easily I mean, why why is it taking so long for people to be to come to this awareness? What is what is blocking people? Do you think there's there's something? Yeah, in that, the Squid Game, that's why. Is it, is it the yes. rat race? The Squid Game is too addictive to get rid of because winning the Squid Game is a huge payout, um, huge huge payout. So everyone's expecting the payout. So everyone's going through till the end, just trying to win. Again, yeah, I, I, it, it's it's amazing. I think time that we're <laughs> alive. I mean, it's it's probably a very biased thing to say because I haven't been alive in other times that I'm aware of, at least. But in I love these kind of uh, shows and stories that are being written. Things like Dune, uh, Squid Game, uh, Matrix Four. How they challenge our thinking. How they uh, are trying to, sh you know, shake the foundation a little bit and and kind of bring these kind of systematic behaviors to the fore but but as much as they become very cultish i don't think a lot of people understand the deeper meanings or 
repercussions of it or, and, and what and how they can actually remove themselves or extract themselves out of it, become more aware in terms of their thinking, be, uh, I think, back themselves a little bit more without being turned into a sheeple. Mm, yeah. I think uh, the problem is people are not aware that they're in it. Uh, and also it, it makes uh, you sympathize because it's a sense of belonging. People are looking for a sense of belonging. And if a certain group takes care of you, even though abusive, if it's the only one that takes care of you, you stay in it. You know? That's Stockholm yeah. Syndrome, yeah. yeah. And on that note, <laughs> the... and on that note, yeah. let's segue into something positive. Have you tried anything interesting, new, learned any new tech gadgets? I have not, funny enough. Uh, well, the only latest tech is... Uh, not a what you would consider really tech, but I've been learning boxing uh, from a from a health point of view. But I've been doing that using uh, EMS technology. So EMS is electromuscular stimulation, where I'm sure you've seen this on TV, where they put pads on your arms and chest and muscle groups, and it electronically stimulates the muscles mm. to move. Uh, this involves a whole kind of suit and jacket where there's a jacket that has pads on your chest, your back, your abs, uh, there's leg pads, there's uh, one for your butt, there's uh, extra ones for your arms. So you are getting a full body workout and it keeps uh, stimulating for about 20 minutes or so with intervals, for like four seconds on, four seconds off. Uh, and as it's stimulating your muscles, you can do various physical activities yeah. as well. I do boxing, uh, besides also strength training, and there's also cool. cardio. Oh, very cool, man. Well, I am dabbling in uh, trying to get more sensory perception into my life. So I've been uh, looking at uh, more advanced audio that, that you can do that brings more nice. advanced audio into your human experience and visual experience. 8D. Not talking about AD audio. Well, I mean, you can call it whatever the uh, whatever the uh, trendy name is, but it's your three sixty degree audio, uh, spatial audio, whatever you call it. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Spatial audio. And I'm trying okay. to say, like, how can we bring that into like a visual experience in a video? Like, could I bring that audio technology into your wedding video? Like, if I could record it using special audio, I'm getting three D video and audio in. A wedding experience where that one camera does just that while you have normal cameras doing the normal thing you have that giving people a 360 degree experience of the wedding as if you can be there but you're not there you know imagine that 100 percent. i think you can do that I, I think you can do that in many ways so you can have i mean the audio and the video are almost agnostic of each other you can have a 2d viewing video experience but have the that ASMR uh, 360 audio experience, especially like, you know, I mean, it, you can choose whatever location, but I think a wedding kind of encapsulates it quite well when, you know, there's yeah. a priest and there's so conversation. this is where I want to be. I want a good quality SLR, SLR quality video that can be done in 3D, uh, 360 degrees. 360 degree 3D video, with special audio. I want to record a wedding with that. Did you see um, DJI's new action camera? But it's camera a 3D. 
basically you can you can no. watch it in 2D in, on YouTube or on your phone or if you have a headset you can it's like being there and you'll have three dimensional it's like watching Dennis Villeneuve's movie man Dune where he really used the 3D properly where the guy out of focus was actually here the guy in focus was far away and you can actually see it physically because of how the 3D effect was I want that experience in, in 360 degrees where you're recording an event yeah I I yes so. So you want to record in 3D, but it can also... Be virtual reality. Uh, translate in... Virtual reality into video 2D. experience. No, no. Well, you... Yes, yes. But also viewable as a 2D. Of course. Uh, like how when you see a, a virtual reality video in 2D, you can move it in the mouse, or you just watch what you're seeing and just move it with your mouse if you want to see the view. Or, or you can just leave the camera like that and just watch. You know? That's that experience. But if you have a screen, then it'll mm-hmm. encapsulate you. So if you can then just move around and watch your head. Fuck. I mean, yes. And that's not to be wedding, of course. It can be anything, but something that you can bring uh, to real life. A movie experience can be like that too, with really advanced cameras. Like imagine now, 3D virtual reality IMAX Christopher Nolan freaking movie. <laughs> but, uh, fuck, there was, this, there was this new DJI uh, camera that was released, a, a tiny action cam. Uh, which I mean, I, I think that it's it's moving towards that. It's it's a it's a small miniaturized 4K stabilized mm-hmm. uh, action camera. Uh, now all you need to do is I mean, it, I'm sure there is a 3D version of mm-hmm. that as well, or a 360 degree version of that, which is already stabilized. You don't need to have the heavy DSLR equipment anymore. You can mount it onto I mean, you said you wanted to have at least three cameras, at least if you look at a wedding uh, yeah. example. So one on the bride, one on the groom, um, and then and then one for yourself. I mean, where you can have the mm. big camera. And that's the 3D experience uh, sure. or the normal nothing. experience, I would say, depending on where the technology is right now. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but okay, that's obviously a storytelling kind of thing because you need to edit and create something. Yeah. But if it's a virtual reality experience, you just choose... The view that you're in and just watch so you choose the the view while the storytelling i am creating the story I that think, I, I want think, you to see yeah hmm. do you think with the rise of now this announcement of metaverse and companies uh, I, I know microsoft is also yeah. joining the party with uh, creating the metaverse within their teams yeah. function do you think some these these kind of ventures and now these announcements were start increasing the amount of content in VR and at least uh, electronics like 3D cameras or, or 360 I'll give you a scenario cameras. with the same wedding video industry or any kind of video in that creative space. Right? In the metaverse, you book uh, a virtual hall in the, in, in, for your wedding. Mm-hmm. Your husband's there. I mean, obviously your bride is there. You are there. You're both in there and people are invited to your wedding to go and they physically let's say physically I mean they are going through the metaverse to attend your wedding they, they get a passcode or some sort of uh, some sort of checksum code to enter they are private they are the private clients who Visible have the invitations to go in they go in that's like a digital handshake that's done that checks your decentralized identity that you are in fact the person who was invited for the wedding you go in you are physically now going through with that 3D video experience I was talking about with facial audio. You're going through it and you can sit somewhere and you can watch that wedding 
the angle you want. And you're experiencing it in the 3D, like the person who's sitting next to you is sort of closer to you, and you have a perspective so that someone who's further away is smaller, and you can feel it. Like you can see the 3D because your, your brain is simulating the 3D space. Now, it's like you're there, sitting amongst them, having a wedding. And that is a metaverse wedding experience. I think that'll be amazing. Sure. And I was actually waiting for that invention. Then comes down to again. I was waiting for that invention to finally do your wedding video, but that is too late. (laughs) (laughs) That's gonna be about ten years. years. No, no. But I I think it's coming. Hundred percent. You got it spot on. Uh, I think that will be the. I mean, you create your own venues. You create your own worlds. You, I mean, there, there, there was a recently there was some virtual event. Was it uh, Ariana Grande or one of these pop singers that had a virtual concert? Um, so I mean, it's just going to overflow now into other activities online, whether it's wed- weddings or, uh, I mean, I'm sure boxing fights, other mm. other sort of entertainment. Uh, Entertainments will be hosted. Yeah, right? I mean, I mean, think of the boxing. Think of the boxing. I mean, why must the boxing be the way it is? You can you can uh, sit in an arena in three D, uh, like like you're there at the boxing game. You will experience it physically. And always have front row seats. Yeah, you'll have, everyone has a front row seat because you paid for it. That's how that's how the yes. monetization would work. If you pay a bit less, you 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 yes. can't get too close. For example, but then you also have perspective views. So yes. I want to see what boxer A is looking at and what boxer B is looking at. You can see. Because uh, there will be camera system, 100%. so when they're punching, obviously I don't know how it'll work because if you get punched, it'll punch the camera. But I don't know how you'll, you'll do it. But um, but if you could somehow do a perspective, you are seeing what he's punching, or you can see what he's punching, the other guy. And 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 with sensory perception coming about, you can almost feel what the box is feeling as well. Like you can see his heart rate, you can see his other stuff, you can see his adrenaline, you can maybe even feel that adrenaline that he's feeling. In the sweat. Maybe you can feel the adrenaline he's feeling. Mm. Actually, tie that in with Neuralink. That's what I'm saying. And there you go. Maybe you can uh, you can have settings like in the holodecks, where you can have it in a safety where the safety is uh, is on and off. So the safety is on. If you shoot uh, or something, you don't really feel it. It's just it's holodeck. But for some reason, holodeck have a feature where you can turn it off and you can die for real. Who approved that product? I don't know. But in Star Trek, if the safety feature goes off, you can you can get hurt in real. I think that would be something interesting uh, to look at. But for some reason, the plot points in Star Trek, when they're in the holodeck, the story involves holodeck, safety features always go off. <laughs> yeah, let's not... Uh, let's, let's not, not design it that way. Uh, enjoy. It was a fan chat. And until next time. Catch you on the flip side. Cheers. Cheers.